Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 81 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. Welcome back to all our regular listeners, and welcome if you are new. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future shows. My guest this week is Emily Trepanier. And she's going to be telling us all about Darling. But first, in some doggy news, a little bit of an older story that's resurfaced on social media again. In the uh, US, in Minnesota, a four-year-old Pekingese by the name of Mittens um, has adopted a stray cat that was found on their property almost frozen. They uh, brought the kitten inside and after warming it up, Mittens sort of took over and has become a uh, foster mother, even to the point of producing milk for the kitten. When uh, their guardian asked the vet about that, the vet said, yep, hormones can do strange things sometimes. And over in the UK, in Bristol, there is a a rescue by the name of Banksy, who has been in his shelter for a lot longer than some of his other dogs. Um, He has been tried on a few homes and just hasn't found the right forever home. The shelter, um, in one form of enrichment, has now given him an outlet and that as his namesake is, is painting, where Banksy is using his nose and his paws to produce some artwork, which the shelter will be auctioning off to raise some funds and also give Banksy a little bit more awareness. So, uh, well done, Banksy. And now this week's interview... Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I am here with Emily Trepanier. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I am very well, thank you. So, whereabouts in the world are you? I am in British Columbia, Canada. Oh, nice, nice. And how's the the weather been there lately? Um... It's been wild. <laughs> it's been wild, honestly. Um, we had a few months, just finished a few months of like crazy uh, rains that like caused a whole bunch of flooding. Mm-hmm. And then in late December, they went through like uh, a super freeze. So it was like freezing cold and super snowy. Uh, in areas where they usually don't get snow. So now we're kind of like thawing out and things are getting relatively back to normal. So 
Oh, good. It's wild. <laughs> and who is going to be the subject of the talk today? Um, so I have Darling, who is a who is my singing eye guide dog. Oh, wonderful. So yes. going to ask to for you to take us back in time to just before you met Darling and mm-hmm. tell us about the the house and, and that happened. Was was Darling your first um, seeing eye dog? Darling is actually my second seeing eye guide dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got her from a guide dog school in San Rafael, California called Guide Dogs for the Blind. So I had to apply to get Darling. Um, I didn't know when I was applying what dog I would get. So I didn't know uh, when I was applying, I had no idea what my dog would be like and my dog's name or anything. Um, But they do a really good job of matching the person up with the dog. So I've had to, I've had my first one was a really good match that I had. Her name is Olivia and she's happily retired now and living with my mom. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and she was a really good match for me. So I just had to hope and pray that the second one was a really good match and it has been a really good match. So, um, but it was a, it's a long process to get a seeing eye guide dog. So I had to fill out a form online first and then they did a phone interview And then somebody from the school comes down to where I live and they check out the environment and they do more, another interview. Uh, And then we go on a bit of a walk around the neighborhood so they can see the neighborhood and see like the types of things that are in my neighborhood. So they can figure out uh, what type of dog would be best for me. And then they ask about, my lifestyle so if it's active and some sort of like some things that I do in my life so they can make sure that the dog that I get is fits my lifestyle so Mm -hmm. and then I had to wait a little over a month to find out if I uh, got accepted for my second guide dog and obviously I did so then I got to take a plane all the way to California and stayed there for two weeks uh, training with Darling for two weeks. And that's basically, the dog is already trained. Uh, and it's basically just making sure the initial bonding is, is, is a good match. And so, and then we just like get to refresh, uh, some of the skills that we learned previously, if we've had a dog before. Uh, and so then after the two weeks, we got to graduate and I brought Darling home to Canada. Oh, nice. Uh, how was that first meeting? Pardon? How, how was that first meeting and, and, and how were you oh, feeling emotionally? It was, it was love at first sight. Um, <laughs> she, so the trainer that I had, so we had, uh, each of us were set up with one trainer. Uh, and so it was a lot of one-on-one work with me, the trainer and the dog. So when I met Darling, uh, we had to wait in our rooms and they would knock at our doors and we'd have to like sit down in a chair and they'd come in and Darling like galloped in. 
<laughs> and ran towards me and brought me her Nyla bone, which is one of her bones that she really enjoys chewing and wanted to like, she wanted to try to, <laughs> she wanted to try to put it in my mouth so I could have it. So <laughs> the trainer's like, well, I guess she likes you. <laughs> nice. Nyla bones, by the way, are gross. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that I've chewed on one, but no, I know what they are. <laughs> I would not recommend it. Believe me. <laughs> the dogs love it, but I would not recommend humans to do it. So, mm-hmm. and what sort of breed is Darling? Um, Darling is a golden retriever crossed with a yellow lab. Um, her mum is about a quarter golden, so she is a quarter golden as well. Um, she doesn't have the long hair like a golden retriever would have. Um, but it is very soft, like a golden retriever uh, hair would be, but it's more, it's more or less fur that she has. So, mm-hmm. and am I right? Am I about two years old when she sort of like when you first met her? She around two years old. She was about 18 months when I, um, when we were paired up together, which is right around when they usually like to pair us, uh, the teams up. So. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. How was the the flight back? And, and- oh, so good. Um, so Darling gets to go into the plane with me. She doesn't have to be in the cargo or anything. So that was good. I, I just get so sad when I hear that animals have to go into the cargo thing when they're flying. So I feel bad for them kind of it's so loud and can get so cold but um luckily for darling she didn't she doesn't have to go into the cargo thing um she gets to go right on the plane with us and usually that first flight was really good actually um she slept pretty much the entire time except for like (laughs) takeoff and landing but she did really good so and we've taken planes since then and She's like an avid little traveler now. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> She's pretty much asleep before the plane even takes off. So she really only wakes up at like the landing and stuff, which is understandable because that gets, that can be pretty loud and vibrating underneath. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. does she have her own passport? <laughs> no, that would be cool if she did. But um, she doesn't have her own passport. She does have a, a photo ID though. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, guessing there's all sorts of there's different different rules in in different countries. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I don't know. Do yeah, you- we do have ID that yeah I, I always carry around and stuff. So a few different IDs for her. So mm-hmm. so how was that uh, first sort of day and and week when you brought her back to your home? Um, it's always a transition. So being my second guide dog, I sort of knew what to expect. But at the same time, each dog is different. But she did really good with transitioning from the school to home. Um, um, we pretty much started to teach her the neighborhood as soon as like the next day when we got home. And she didn't seem to have any like... She didn't seem to be hesitant or anything. She was just ready to work. Um, she is a dog who loves working and especially in like busy areas like the city and stuff, mm-hmm. which is perfect because that's where I've always lived. I've always lived in 
a city for, with both of my dogs and they both have loved working in the city. They seem to thrive in that type of environment when it's busy. Um, and yeah, so she did really good the first week. We definitely like introduced the neighborhood uh, a little by little. So it wasn't like super overwhelming for her. And uh, uh, and just so it could like, it's a, it was a good experience. And then I actually had help um from the canadian national institute for the blind uh they have something called an orientation and mobility instructor that uh uh that would come out and help out um so that was good and my orientation and mobility instructor at the time had worked with me before with my first guide dog so she was pretty well versed in how to help me with darling when we came home so and it was uh, a pretty smooth transition. Um, the biggest thing I would say is just like getting used, getting us both used to the new, like the time change. Cause in California, it's three hours difference from where we lived in Canada at the time. So um, that was like the biggest thing that we had to like get uh, darling used to. Cause she wanted to eat. So, yeah, I was going to say, she give you that. Why, yeah. why aren't I having dinner now? <laughs> exactly, right? So, she would bug me like three hours before, and I'm like, no, darling, we have to wait another one. We have to wait a while. <laughs> so, I was giving her like, like I had to like give her some extra treats until she sort of like climatized the, the time change, and then she was fine. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so, can I just ask with your vision? Can you explain a little bit on the condition that you have? Yeah. So um, when I was um, born, I was actually totally blind and they didn't realize that I, uh, they didn't realize it until around age two. Um, My mom actually was the one who realized it because I would only stare at lights and I wouldn't stare at any objects. And my brothers and sisters who were all older than me would stare at all. Like when they were two years old, they would stare and like grab objects and stuff. But I was just content to stare at lights and stuff. So right there, my mom knew something was wrong. So she ended up um, bringing that up to the doctors and they didn't believe her at first. Um, And then eventually they decided to run some tests and they found out that I was visually impaired. Um, So I had underdeveloped optic nerves um, so they took some time to develop um, when I was younger. And then as they developed, um, I gained a bunch of vision in my right eye and some in my left eye. But then in my teenager years, um, other eye conditions started to um, come up. And so I ended up losing almost all my vision in my left eye and some vision in my right eye. So. Yeah, so I only see close up in my right eye. Okay. Oh, so, I yeah. wear glasses, mm-hmm. so the way uh, very complex the way our bodies are put together, and it doesn't doesn't take much yeah. to, to mess things and up. And even to this, even to this day, they're still not a hundred percent sure about all of my eye condition diagnosis. So mm-hmm. they're constantly like trying to figure it out. So. <laughs> mm. Okay, with um, I have ideas, but well, 
Let's hope. Let's hope there's, you know, yeah. let's hope it certainly doesn't get uh, any deterioration there. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Which is going to be very important, particularly for some things that I know you're doing in the future that we're going to talk about a little yes. bit later. Sounds good. Um, so, with Darling, and did you mm-hmm. think, well, I was just trying to think, when the season that you brought her back, was it mm-hmm. sort of like going into the the, the winter or? Um, it was actually in the, right at the beginning of the summer month. The summer? So, um, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, it was still pretty warm and not snowy yet. <laughs> I was going to ask about the, the transition and, and how she sort of like coped and got to know that, she oh, she didn't have experience. Snow. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a puppy, she did get some experience with snow. Um, oh, okay. The people that raised her mm-hmm. uh, brought her to the mountains a few times and there was snow there. So she and I was told by her, the people that raised her, that she absolutely loves snow. So I was like, oh, that's perfect because, yes. well, we get lots of snow in the wintertime. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. You remember her sort of like first times going out in the in the colder in the weather snow? when she was with you? Yeah. Oh my goodness, she lost her. <laughs> I had to let her play in the snow the first time she saw the snow in order to let, just to get her sillies out because she was so excited to see the snow and play in the snow. So <laughs> she loves it. She goes, she loses her head, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> She's a really good worker in the snow, but the, that first snowfall of the season, I have to let her play in it before we do any work in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you live in the city. Is it sort of you? I do. Right yep. in the city. And, uh, yeah, yep. Is there right. Any... Almost close to. Right almost close to downtown Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So when you go out and in some downtime, is there some sort of like open area, some park sort of stuff that you can walk through? Um, we are very lucky. Um, right in my apartment complex, um, there's like a big green space that's all fenced in. So I let Darling run around in there. If, especially if she has a whole lot of energy, I'll let her just like run around in there and it just, just gets her tired out. And then there's a lot of places around here to walk around um, that are really close by and easy to get to. So we do a lot of that. And then we also, there's the ocean is close by. And so there's lots of beaches as well. So we go there a lot as well. So in the summer months when it's warmer, yeah. Nice. So where, if I had to ask you where you think her favourite spot to go was, where would you say? Between the ocean and the mountains, Mm. either one of those. (laughs) Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Does she go for a swim in the downtime as well? Oh, yes. Yes? Yep, yep. She goes for swims, yep. Actually, I was home visiting family for the holidays in Ontario, and it's pretty cold in Ontario in the wintertime as well. Uh, definitely colder uh, 
in Ontario versus Vancouver, like the mainland at Vancouver where I'm at. Um, but the mountains are close by, so it's cold up there and lots of snow up there. Um, but we were visiting family and during the holiday season in December, and she actually, um, I think she's part polar bear. She decided she needed to go for a swim when we went to the beach a few times to go for a walk. So uh, when I was drying her off, she had mini ice cubes on her fur, and <laughs> she was not like, she didn't seem to bother with it. So I was like, like part polar bear or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. Um, I'm curious how, how, and I think that different people have different methods, but sort of like getting her when she's in work mode, she'll be have mm-hmm. that have the harness on, and when she's in a more of a social yeah. thing, yeah. How do you sort of like control? Well, not control, but to, to let her know what, what mode she's supposed to be in. Um, so she has a harness that she wears when she's working. So she knows when she's working, she's in work mode and she's, she's a totally different dog in work mode versus not in work mode. Um, so she wears that all the time. Um, she has to wear that all the time wherever we go so that people know that she is a, an actual surface dog so that she can have all the access rights that she's allowed to have. And then when she's not working, her harness comes off. So she knows she's a, she's a regular dog and she can be silly and full of energy and play and do whatever like she wants to do. She's a really good dog. Like she doesn't like go like, she doesn't like destroy things, but she's definitely very playful when she's not working. So. Mm -hmm. What her, her favorite toys and, and games and things like that when she's at home? She loves tug, loves tug of war. Um, we have these three rings that are all interconnected that she loves playing tug with. She's a, she could, I, if I put her in a, in like a tug of war competition, I am positive she would win. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she would, she loves carrying around her three rings wherever she goes. Um, and whenever we go like to a friend's place, like sleeping over there or whatever, I always have to bring her rings because she's always looking for them to like carry them around or asking for playing tug of war. That's one of her definite top favorite toys. And then she also loves chewing her Nyla bones and Benny bones that she has. Um, loves chewing those as well. So, and then we just got a new toy that she seems to be really enjoying as well. It's a cube and it floats in water and it kind of bounces, but not exactly like a ball, which is awesome. Um, but she seems to really like that toy as well. So, nice, nice. Um, You mentioned going out to friends and things like that. I'm guessing she's been on a lot of different uh, modes of transport. Yes, she has. Yep. Yeah, she's been on the bus. She's been on subways. She's been on trains. She's been on planes. Uh, She's been in cars and vans and trucks. Um, Yeah, she's been on pretty much all forms of transportation uh, the only one we haven't actually been on is like a cruise ship but i think she'd be fine on there <laughs> <laughs> um 
So when going to uh, friends' places and on, on trips and things like that, how does she behave anything differently? Uh, it, that really depends. Um, if she's like super comfortable in that area, she will try to test me a little bit, but then she realizes rather quickly that even though it's a new place, the rules are still the same. Um, but usually she's pretty good. Um, usually she's pretty good. She, especially now that we've been together for a few years, she knows, like, she knows what she's allowed, like what she can and what she can't do. But there are those odd times where she will test me. So, um, I, I always joke with people and tell them that she's got a little bit of sass in her. So (laughs) (laughs) always good to have some golden sass. Yeah. Good, always good to have a little bit. Yes, a little bit is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, just going to say, this where when you travel and in a, a vehicle, does she have a a, a a special spot in the vehicle? Um, usually she travels close with me. Um. Sometimes she'll travel in the back of the vehicle. It just really depends on like the setup of the vehicle and uh, what people are comfortable with. So, mm-hmm. but most people are pretty happy with her traveling in the vehicle. So, yeah, um, she sleeps pretty much the entire time. So, <laughs> does she have any? peculiar habits or quirks um she does like to so i live in an apartment building and so i have a big balcony door and so every so often it doesn't happen all the time thankfully (laughs) but every so often she will run to the balcony door and she'll bark at the neighbor's dog just like one or two barks, but they're like really loud, deep barks. And it always <laughs> startles me. <laughs> it's almost like she's just wanted to say hi to them or something. So. Mm-hmm. so when she's in her downtime, does she have like a, some, some close doggy friends like the neighbors or. Um, we do have a, we have a bunch of friends that um, she like, gets to play with. Um, most of them are service dogs and some of them aren't service dogs, but they're well-behaved dogs. So we played with them and she does really good. Um, she loves playing with other dogs. Um, she always seems to get the other dogs going. So she's like <laughs> the instigator of, the, of them. So. <laughs> so it's like, yes, hey, the tools yeah, down. I have. We've got to yeah. we've got to sort of like let our hair out, and we've got to maximize yeah. it now. I have a one friend whose dog refused to play before, and then we brought over Darling, and Darling got her the my friend's dog to play, and so <laughs> she's really good at getting other dogs to play. So especially when she wants to play, mm-hmm. she's pretty adamant about hey, let's play. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, beautiful. Very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, oh, I was going to say, going out into the the snow in the winter, 
Yep. Because you do uh, a certain activity or a couple of activities winter-wise. I do. I do. I'm a snowboarder who's working towards getting to the Paralympics. Which is going to be awesome. So yes. How does Darling fit in when you do that? Um, so it depends. If I'm only going for a few hours, sometimes I will leave her at home um, in her kennel or she can go over to um, a friend's place that's close by and they have a puppy play date. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm going for a longer time, sometimes I will actually bring her and I also have a, like a travel kennel that I can bring so she can just lay in there and then I can on our breaks and stuff I'll like take her out and like take care of her and stuff like that um so yeah it really depends um but either way she they love her at the mountains and she loves she also loves going there it's like she's pretty comfortable there so um especially like um especially since there's lots of snow there so she's always wanting to like play in the snow and stuff so um, there's a, and there's always somebody inside there, so they watch Darling for me, or um, and then I'll like on our breaks, I'll let her sometimes play in the snow and stuff. So mm-hmm. she fits in pretty good. <laughs> oh, nice. So is there, I was going to ask if there's any other service dogs at that there at the time where they sort of like hang out and wait um, for you. Not, I haven't seen any other service dogs yet but that doesn't necessarily mean there isn't mm-hmm. um but so i don't know we haven't seen any uh, other ones but um we've seen some dogs that are not service dogs there but um haven't seen any other service dogs there yet so Hi, a question i ask all my guests is to complete the sentence i can't believe my dog ate Oh man, I have to think of this one. Um, uh, be surp- oh, could be surprising because I was going to say normally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the service um, dogs are pretty good when they, it comes to this sort of pretty thing. Pretty good. Um, oh, I can't believe my dog has ate my chocolate chip cookies. Uh, and she has once or yeah, <laughs> she has once or twice. <laughs> Sneaky girl. Mm-hmm. I leave them alone for a second, and she just flops over and just politely grabs the cookie and just chows down. I'm like, darling, no. <laughs> Where is her favorite spot inside your apartment? Um, between. Her doggy couch and her kennel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she does she sleep in her kennel or? She sleeps in her kennel at nighttime. Um, during the day, it's always open. I keep it open for her during the day. But at nighttime, I close it. So I always know where she is um, at nighttime, just in case anything were to happen. Then I always know where Darling is. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the day, the kennel door is open, so she's free to like go in and out of her kennel when she pleases. Um, and then she also has her doggy couch that she can lay on as well. And then we have a mat that's like close to my balcony. 
door that she likes to lay on, especially when it's sunny and warm. She almost like sun pans on that mat. So, <laughs> and then when also when it's like sunny and warm, she likes to lay on the balcony as well. So, oh, nice. Um, has there ever been a time when you've been out with her and you've been like really worried or you know, afraid something? whatever an incident is going to happen um well we've had a one a bit scary incident um when i was out with darling she actually i was actually at work and we were outside playing with the with the kids outside i work at a school and so we were outside with the kids playing at recess i think it was and darling um, darling usually like stays put and everything. She usually doesn't move around or get up or anything. But for whatever reason that day, something must have like, something must have really got her impressed. And so, um, we were in a fenced area that the one of the doors was open and I didn't realize it. Um, but darling saw must have saw something and like ran out of the the gated area without me realizing it and then suddenly we went to go inside and darling wasn't where i had put her so that was kind of scary um mm. we did find her after a few hours but those few hours felt like forever so oh, most she definitely. has not done that she has not done that again mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it scared her too as well so um she doesn't really like going too far away from me anymore which is i'm totally fine with it so i always know who she is i also have bells on her now as well so i always know if she's like moving around or whatnot so mm-hmm. oh, um general health wise how has she been um pretty good um no major health issues really um, we did have one little health issue last year, but that seems to have cleared up. So, um, yeah, she's generally a pretty healthy girl. So we had a bit of stomach issues, uh, a year or so ago, but we've worked with our bed and have been able to clear it up. So mm-hmm. oh, no. I think she just, I think she had ate something that she wasn't supposed to. So that seemed to irritate her tummy quite a bit. So, but otherwise she's been really good. So. So you mentioned you work in a school. I bet the, the kids love her coming in. Yes. Yes. Yes, they do. They love darling. Um, yeah. And darling is kind of like a secret weapon. So uh, if the kids are really good at behavior, um, they get some time where Darling's harness comes off and they get to play with Darling and stuff. So uh, it works really well. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. And they love reading to Darling as well. So mm-hmm. oh. just like lay beside Darling and like read to her. So it's really cool to see that. So Yeah, I've, I've heard and read a, a lot about the, the positive outcomes of, of mm-hmm. young kids reading to dogs and the, the introduction yeah, of a lot of like pretty awesome. reading yeah, dogs. And it just like, yeah, it just helps like lower the stress level of the child who's like trying to learn to read to, um, if they're like reading to a dog, it seems to, what for whatever reason, it seems to like just calm them down a lot. So it makes it a little bit easier for them to focus and read a bit more. So 
and I'm guessing your co-workers enjoy that as well? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. They love, yes, they love having Darling around as well. (laughs) (laughs) He's quite a celebrity at work, so. (laughs) Do you find sometimes you have people meaning well but doing what they shouldn't be doing with a service dog? Yeah, there's always those people out there who, like, will come up and uh, start petting her. And even if I tell them you're not allowed to pet her, they were like, oh, but she's so cute. I just can't stop petting her. I'm like, she's a service dog. She's trying to work right now. You really can't be petting her. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. There are, so yeah, there are those people out there, but that's a really good time to like educate them and let them know like why they can't be petting her when she's working. So, mm-hmm. what um, in regard to the the working and and being with you, does she have like extended like time off periods? Um. So whenever we're not. Like whenever I don't need her to work, her harness will come off. So then she gets time off from working. Um, but she's always with me anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when we're done work for the day, we come home and her harness comes off and it's pretty much off for the rest of the night unless we're going out somewhere. Um, but so then she gets the, pretty much the night off. So and then um Every so often, I will give her like a full day off. Just depends on like how our schedule is, if I, if I can work that into the schedule or not. But I always try to give her at least uh, one full day off a week, at least if possible. So because it's the working as a guide dog, it's it's very stressful for them. They love they love working, but it can be a very stressful job for them. So it's always important that they get time off and. It's to be a dog and just to play and stuff. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> what are her favorite snacks? Oh, anything she can get her mouth in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she will pretty much eat anything. Um, she seems to really like peanut butter and some fruit as well. So, she'll like bananas she likes apples she likes blueberries mm-hmm. she likes watermelon she likes those things and she started liking vegetables as well now too so that's kind of fun yeah, um, no, good. to really like carrots um carrots she likes beans uh a bit of cabbage she'll she'll eat that a little bit um but yeah pretty much if you give her something she will pretty much eat it so <laughs> uh Although other she does not like rice though. No, does not like rice. Yeah, no, that's all right. Rice doesn't really do a whole lot for them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's only good for them when they're like sick and need to like eat a bland diet. Um uh but we've tried rice with her when she's been sick and she'll just like pick around the rice and eat everything else. So <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter we've tried like seizing it like different ways and stuff to like try to hide the rice but she's like nope i don't want the rice mm-hmm. <laughs> i need the kibble off the top of your head if i had to say can you recall a, a time where you felt like extremely proud of something that that she's done 
Mm-hmm. I would say um, so. Service dogs, um, they're trained to look forwards and to the sides. Um, it's harder to train them to look up for like overhead obstacles. So that's always a like a harder skill to train a uh, seeing eye guide dog. And so that's one of the things that a lot of um, the time guide dogs struggle with. So I would say my proudest moment with Darling is that she does really good with overhead obstacles. Um, for the first little while, it was a little bit tricky for her, but I worked with her a lot on it and she has done so well. She's getting so good with um, mm. overhead obstacles. So that's really tricky. That's a really tricky skill for them to master. So the fact that she's able to do that 99% of the time, it's very, makes me very proud. So it also saves me from running into things, like running, (laughs) (laughs) running into things with my head. So (laughs) (laughs) some pain. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned running do you do more than walking pace with her and for any part of your training Um, we walk we walk at a fairly fast pace we always have um i'd love to train her as a running guide dog but she doesn't have that training um that would be super cool i think she'd do i think she'd do pretty good with it but we don't really have that training. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't really have that training, but they are out. Like you can train guide dogs to be running guide dogs as well. I've known a few friends who have that. So, um, but the guide dog school where I'm at doesn't really, hasn't really done that as of yet. So, um, but that'd be kind of cool to have that. Um, and then, so she comes to uh, like most of my training sessions, but she'll just like, she just kind of lays there on like the sides and stuff. And like, um, usually I take her harness off. So if they want to like pet her or whatever, they, they can feel free to pet her and stuff. But, um, usually she's just like laying there and like watching what's going on and stuff. So supervising. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so So the gym that I, at the gym that I go to, um, there's these steps in the gym that Darling lays on. And the very beginning, she'd lay on uh, the bottom area. And then one day, uh, my trainers, um, one of my coaches started laughing. And he's like, Darling is sitting at the top of the steps watching you, Emma. I'm like, really? (laughs) It's like, now it's her favorite spot. She literally goes to the top of those stairs and watches me now. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, better view, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned earlier you've have been together for a number of years now. How old is she now? We, we've been together for a little over three years, and Darling turned five in November. Okay. And the expected sort of like working life is? Um. So that really depends. Depends on the guide dog. Um, depends how well they're working, if they're keeping up with the lifestyle, um, and how healthy they are as well. 
Um, so my first guide dog, Olivia, worked for almost nine years. And I suspect Darling will probably about be about the same as well. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, it really depends on the dog. Some dogs will work for around nine years, where others will only work for a few years and then they retire. But um, really, it depends on the dog and how they're doing and stuff. Um, so we're closely monitored by our school. Um, usually, if it's not a pandemic, they're out at least once a year. And then as they get as the darling gets older, they would start coming out twice a year to do a, like a full evaluation and stuff. So okay. So uh, apart from the the continuing education that they do, is mm-hmm. uh, is there any sort of like new skills or new challenges that that sort of come up the, for the guide dog school yep. or um or for, um, for darling um her training has never really ended so she gets the training through the school and then i get to sort of like customize things so she's constantly learning um but um yeah, so she's constantly learning. Um, I'm always trying to like think of fun things to keep her brain working hard because I know she loves she loves problem solving. Um, so I'm always trying to like find things to like keep her brain sharp and stuff because I know she likes that. So, mm-hmm. what were some of the things that you've challenged her with? Um, so because she's got some retriever in her, um, retrievers are known to be able to retrieve things and bring them back to their owners. So I've really worked hard on her retrieving skills so she can bring, uh, if I ask her to bring a certain toy over, she will find that toy and like look around until she finds that toy and she will retrieve it and bring it back to me and put it in my hand for me. So it's easier for me to like find that toy. So um, it took me a while to like teach her that skill. So in the very beginning, it was mainly just like, uh, I wasn't expecting a certain toy. It was just a toy and bring it to my hand. And now that she's gotten that skill, I've branched it out to bringing back a certain toy that she has to bring back and then I'll reward her. But um, if she doesn't bring that certain toy back, then she doesn't get rewarded until she does the, until she brings that particular toy to me. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the big things that I've really been challenging her to do because I know she loves problem solving. um, And it's really good. It, it, It helps like, even though she's not working when she's doing that, um, She's actively like thinking and like using her brain and stuff while also like burning off energy. So it's a win-win. So it's win-win. So absolutely, she's got she's got quite a bit of energy. So if I can tire her out, that's uh, that's a big win. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the the big areas where even a normal, I would say, some uh, pet dogs where people yeah. don't give their dogs enough mental challenges yeah for sure yeah she would go stir crazy if i didn't do that so um she has quite a bit of energy so i'm always looking for fun things to keep her um, brain working but also tire her out as well so (laughs) 
And what do you use for her primary rewards? Um, we pr- I primarily use kibble that she gets. Um, so I take a bunch of kibble out in the morning time out of her breakfast, and then whatever's left over at night goes back into her supper. So I use that. And then I also have uh, make homemade dog treats as well. Um, so I use those as well for like special rewards. So, mm. yeah. Can you recall any sort of uh, interesting adventures when you've been out? Or uh, once I, once lots I... of interesting adventures. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many interesting adventures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, feel free to share if you like. <laughs> <laughs> we would be here for hours. <laughs> um, she loves going out everywhere that I go out. Um, and I love having her with me. Um, I just, so we moved to British Columbia about a year and a half ago and she's been, that transition has gone really well for her. Um, and she's always game for like exploring new areas. Um, and we, we make a really good team. So, um, I would say she just loves going out and exploring wherever we're going out. Um, like I said, she does really well in like busy areas of the city. So I try to always incorporate that into our route as much as we possibly can. But sometimes I do like quieter routes. So, but um, yeah, she's she's pretty content as long as she's going out with me. She's pretty happy. So, ah, <laughs> uh, that's nice. I like that. She certainly sounds that she likes challenging herself. She does, yeah. She loves that. She thrives off of that, I think. There have there been any incidents with uh, other off-lead off dogs? Um, knock on wood, not with Darling, um, thankfully, because that's always a scary thing when that happens. Mm. Um, my first guide dog, Olivia, got attacked by a few dogs when I had her when she was working. Um, thankfully it wasn't like she didn't, um, get hurt majorly, but I can tell she has a little bit, she's a little bit more hesitant around other dogs because of that. But, Mm -hmm. um, knock on wood thus far, darling hasn't encountered any, uh, off leash dogs that have like attacked or anything. So, Because that's always scary when that happens. Yes, doesn't so matter scary. who doesn't matter who it happens to where. It yeah, to. Uh, so scary because they come out of nowhere sometimes, and you don't even realize it until it's happening, right? So, mm-hmm. so um, is there anything special that the pair of you have got planned coming into? Uh, hopefully, when out of the the world gets out of the the, the, the COVID <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say just keep going on. We're all constantly going on adventures and stuff. So I would say just like, we're just going to keep going on fun new adventures and we're going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely lots of traveling, I hope so. <laughs> what sort of schedule are you looking at with your Paralympic dream? Um. So... Pre-pandemic, I was hoping for this upcoming Paralympics, but everything has been 
drastically delayed because of this whole pandemic. So it doesn't look like it's going to be until the 2026 Paralympics. So. Okay. Hmm. How does that sort of like affect you mentally? Uh, it's hard. Um, but there's not much I can do other than just keep training and just keep trying to work hard and stuff. Um, but it's definitely hard. It's definitely upsetting because I was really hoping it would be this coming Paralympics, but, um, then the world falls apart. Everything gets super delayed. So (laughs) it was only supposed to be two weeks and then we're into two years. So (laughs) you just have to kind of take it one day at a time. Yep. Uh, you got to stay positive and yeah. stuff stuff happens. But yeah, yep, just, sounds like things are coming around. So <laughs> let's hope so for the both of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything coming else coming to mind that you'd you'd like to share about darling? Mm-hmm. I don't think of anything off the top of my head. Darling, what do you think? <laughs> if only she could answer. <laughs> if only, oh my goodness, she would have so much to say, I'm sure. Does she have any favourite shops? Because I know you mentioned we were talking before, you just come back from oh. doing a grocery run. Um, She loves going to the pet store, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a funny story about that. Um, the one time we were at a pet store and I was getting some things for her and I didn't realize it, but darling had actually grabbed a toy and was holding it in her mouth and (laughs) we got up to the cash register and went to go pay for my stuff. And the cashier was like, you want to pay for that toy in your dog's mouth? I'm like, what? <laughs> and my dog doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, it ended up being a cat toy, so I ended up putting it back. <laughs> but, oh my goodness, it was we both had a good laugh because I was like, "How and when did you get that toy?" <laughs> I suppose I don't care if it's for cats. I want that one. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just saw a, a clip. I can't remember where it was from, but um, it was from a, a rescue centre and they had, you know, like a hundred toys in a, in a hall and they just put this big line out and then they would let the oh dogs come in one by one and pick <laughs> their own toy and it was, yeah, it was so amusing to watch. <laughs> Man, darling would be that dog who would come in and, like, grab all the toys. <laughs> Every time we go to, like, people's houses and they have dogs and they have like a toy bin darling searches out for the toy bin and will dump the toy bin as soon as she gets there (laughs) yeah (laughs) does she pick out a like a particular one or just she has to try all of them she just she has to try all of them see what they're all like so and then she'll decide which one and she'll play with that one for a little while and then go back and choose a different one and it keeps going until it's done. <laughs> but literally, if there's a toy bin there, she will search it out and she will dump it. 
Emily, it has been a very enjoyable conversation with you, hearing all about thank darling. Thank you. I yes, thank you for having us on. Wish that you fun. all the very best with, with your quest. Thank you. And I'm very, very confident darling will be beside you all the way and look forward to seeing you in the next Paralympics. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Thank you to our new listeners in Toronto, Canada, and in Bergen in Norway. It's appreciated. Uh, like some of our other listeners, what we would really appreciate here is if you could tell a friend how great it is listening to awesome stories about awesome dogs on well, I guess, this awesome podcast. And if you'd like to leave a review or like or share on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it would also be appreciated. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family. 